This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati offense. Again, I'm trying to give defense their credit, their love, giving them a couple first segments because they've um, performed pretty well all season and they're an underrated crew still with Luana Rumo. But let's flip to the offensive side of the ball. Joe Burrow, here's the thing. If you look at his stats, you see four TDs, you're like, all right, Joe. Joe had himself a day. But early on, we have to be honest on the podcast, Joe struggled. Yeah. Yeah. He had, and this wasn't in the first half, the worst play I've ever seen from him. I know people are saying he saw the flag. He saw the flag on a post snap, like the well into the play where the corner gets called for holding. Like that could easily just be not OPI probably, but hands to the face, something from the offense. And then that flag doesn't matter. Like the only time I give the quarterback the benefit of the doubt on the flag is if he gets a guy to jump off sides, you know, the free play Aaron Rodgers thing, that sack that didn't count as a sack because of the holding call. That was brutal. I mean, to lose 20 something yards and give the bucks, if, if it stood the ball at midfield on your own side, when you were in the red zone, Ooh-wee, that was uh that was a brain dead play because it's fourth down, man. You're not getting away. Just throw it up for a, for a guy. Don't throw it away, but although that would be a better call than what he did. Uh throw it up for somebody. Just you got T. Higgins, just throw it up. Just throw it up and see what happens. You know, if it's a free play, why don't you just throw it up? I don't know. That was a whole thing. I didn't think Burrow played that well, but he got better as the game went. I thought he was good early, and then he had that stupid tip pass interception. Which is Those tip getting, passes are nightmares. Getting insane. I wasn't even tipped at the line. That was a guy rushing from the linebacker, you know, that jumped up and just got his hands up. Whatever. I There's nothing you could really do about this because I've seen people say, pump fake or something. It's like, that's an RPO, man. You pump fake, you get an illegal man downfield call. So it's so timing-based, and most NFL offenses are, that you can't just willy-nilly, yeah, throw in a pump fake here. <laughs> Let's get the defense to jump. Um, you can, but it's usually safe for double moves or if you're really trying to move a safety. I've seen him move the shoulders, but that doesn't help the – the pass rush guys, because they're not, they're not following your shoulders to get their hands up. They're waiting until you pull the pin on the grenade. They're not so much, you know, you move your shoulders and I'm going to change my rush and move over here. It's like, they're just rushing straight ahead. And if you're going to throw it at them, they get their hands up. So I don't know the fix other than just attacking deep downfield and not getting rid of quick game, but less usage of it. The RPO stuff is getting weird with two of those as well, but that is so timing based that if you wait the extra half a second, we saw it with Miles Garrett last week. Garrett gets in the window, and then Burrow has to hesitate. Actually, I think he does pump and then throw, and they call for illegal man downfield. Nothing really on Jonah there. That's just 
that's what happens when you try to pump fake there. So if Burrow pump fakes and gets the, I think it was a safety to jump and then throws it. Yeah. He probably gets completed, but you're probably also getting an illegal man downfield because that offensive line, they can't see you. <laughs> so they're trying to time when they get downfield. Cause they eventually have to get to the linebackers. Cause it's an RPO. It's a, there's a run option in there. So if they're going to make a play in, make the right block they have to get downfield eventually and uh usually that timing is based like one and a half seconds two seconds you know that read's supposed to be so quick that you don't have time for the for the pump fake but overall i didn't think burrow played well this is the first time in a while burrow hasn't played well though and i'm not that nervous about it continuing i know there was the pinky thing but i thought his throws looked fine i just thought it was kind of brain dead situation sometimes <laughs> Yeah, and that's that was the only thing that was a little concerning just because of, you know, how well Joe has played most of the season. But, look, expectations are super high for this guy because he's he's played so well for them while he's been in Cincinnati. So, hopefully it was just kind of one of those games. And it's still, again, it's wild to say. I know they put 34 points up. I know they got good field position due to turnovers uh, at times. But then they had some some great drives late late in the game. So, I um, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't Joe's great. It wasn't his best game at all. Uh, just to be completely honest, I'm trying to be trying to be like I know that you know certain fans are like, oh, you're down on Joe. They found a way to win. Look, I, I I want Joe to to do well. I'm you know screaming from the rooftops. This guy should be in the MVP conversation. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't he didn't have the greatest Joe Burrow game. Um, but I know you're going to go back and watch the tape and kind of break more of that down on Tuesday's pod. Let's go to the rest of the offense, the offensive line. Just by watching it live, how did you feel about it? Uh, man. Like a lot, um, like a lot of the game, I thought early on it was bad, and then it got better. <laughs> I just think the whole team just came out so bad. Like mm -hmm. every facet of the game, except weirdly special teams, was terrible. I know. Like special teams stepped up early, and they got that first turnover on the geo play, the sleeper agent play. But um, yeah, I I didn't like it early. Collins. He is what he is. In pass protection, he is falling down. Like I, I, I don't know. I think some people don't. They're trying to say he's playing pretty well. I think starting level when you consider everything. I don't think the pass protection is really starting level, and it showed today against Joe Tryon. Uh, got that sack. Ugh, man, it was ugly. The way he like dives after guys to try to push them because he can't hold up is just weird. I hope it's just something that gets better, but I think it's something you just have to manage this year and hopefully it's better next year. I still don't think I would just move on to move on after the season, but his limitations show up and Burrow can't hold the ball a long time if he's one-on-one -on -one because he's getting beat at two and a half seconds. Whether you think that's a win or a loss, that's up to you. I don't like a guy hitting the ground after two seconds like that, but uh, that's rough. I don't know. I Overall, I thought they were fine, though. Like, when you consider the entire game, the run game didn't really work, but I thought it was also an interesting plan to attack this Bucks defense that we could talk about if you want. But, yeah, I do. Let's go and go into the run game. Okay. I don't know why they kept attacking the edge of this Buccaneers defense when up the middle they were missing Vita Vea. I know up the middle runs weren't killing it, but they felt better. Like every time they ran a toss or a pin pool or some action that made Joe Mixon or Samaj P. Ryan run to the outside of this defense, they got like one yard. 
And there was one play, Mixon had to fight for that yard. I remember he let a stiff arm, made a guy miss, and then ran somebody over just to get one yard or two yards. I was like, jeez. And then when they run straight ahead, there were some plays that really worked. I know sometimes that these are run plays where the option is either straight ahead or outside, like Duo has that option. But there were plays pin-pool where they're pinning a guy and they're trying to pull around to get the edge. And I just – I was a little bit confused about that plan because it felt like they weren't attacking where I would have attacked, where I'm just really running at the backup nose tackle and using Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Law Collins, these guys to just try to move that front and get yards that way. The edge to me is almost a little bit more big hitters. And they were kind of getting to that when they were even up. Like, you don't need the big hitting run play right now. Run it up the gut, gain five yards, and just keep this clock moving. I think they did that a little bit on that final drive. But most of the game, I was a little bit confused by the plan of attack with the run game. And that was... I don't know. It was, I, I don't know what they saw. Like maybe they they think because I know Shaq Barrett was supposed to miss. Maybe they just didn't really think that the backup defensive ends were anything special. And but then when I think of it, I think I mean they've got maniacs. You know, Devin White's going to run sideline to sideline better than he is going to come off a block. And then you have uh, Bunting and Davis. We could talk about Carlton Davis. I had a heck of a game. these corners are really physical. Antoine Winfield's a really physical safety. Like they've got a bunch of guys that if it gets spilled to the outside, I don't feel that great. I feel better about running up the gut and trying to make, you know, Levante David's a heck of a player, but Devin White's smaller. You can get a guy on him and maybe get a good block. That's, that's what I think I would have done, but eh, it's picking nits too, because this team won by multiple scores so i feel weird no. complaining too much but uh the run game i don't think it worked just because the plan of attack was incorrect although it's easy for me to say that, that's that's hindsight's 2020 if they if they're running for 10 yards of pop on those outside runs and uh, i sound stupid but <laughs> when i was watching live i was just a little bit confused by that normally i think there are situations you can do those outside runs but this wasn't really the game for it just because of the nose tackle injury I'll say this, and obviously the run game wasn't something special to watch in that game, but I still like that they're doing the Samaje Joe reps. Um, I think that is so smart to do because one day, or not one day, in one game it's going to work um, as you balance it out. We've we've seen it already this season. One of these days it'll work. <laughs> one of these days after it just happened like seven days ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, but now we're just spoiled. Now we're just spoiled with the run game and, and Joe Burrow and the way he looks out there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Give reps to both. Um, obviously, Joe Mixon is your starting running back, and that's the way it should stay. But I'm all about it. Get Samaje out there, too. Let's go to uh, the wide receiver room. You are talking about the corners. And Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd all had key catches out there, um, even though, you know, give it up to Tampa's defense for, for most of the game, trying to stop them from uh, being a problem out there. Yeah, I thought Carlton Davis in the first half had the best game I've seen against Jamar since Denzel Ward in his rookie year. Um, breaking up two back shoulder balls is incredible. Like that play is pretty unguardable when those two are on, but he did a really good job and he was out of phase. He wasn't in phase either, which means he had eyes on chase, not on the quarterback. So he doesn't know when it's coming until chase turns around. And usually chase is so late hands on that, that you just can't make a play. Denzel Ward got smoked on it. Um, and a lot of times me included are, we, we just chalk it up to, uh, oh, that's impossible to cover. 
Davis covered it twice. <laughs> oh man, that was a really good game from him. And I feel better talking about it because the Bengals won and you can give your props that way. You don't feel mm-hmm. like that's why they won, but early on, that was, that was really good. That was a really good game from him. Um, he's a really underrated corner in the league. I think he's one of the better guys out there. Kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe like the Chidobe Ouzier of the NFC type. You know, Ouzier used to be in the NFC. He's He plays really well. I, I like him every time I watch him. Those Bucks corners are also very physical. And I don't think the Bengals got out-muscled. But I think that the Bengals wide receivers kind of invite that contact sometimes. They like to uh, match, you know, lock horns <laughs> with these corners. That's kind of a win for the corner because you're wasting your time instead of trying to avoid them or just run past them. You're really engaging in the physicality. But I think the Bengals wide receivers just like doing that. They like to be physical and try to overpower these guys. So it was a fun matchup. I'm excited to watch that on all 22 because – I thought Davis played really well. We'll see if it translates to when I can see him every play, but at least on his targets early on, really good game. I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like, as you mentioned, it's always easier after when to look back and be like, yeah, credit to them uh, for a great game. But I was getting really nervous with what the offense looked like. It looked so flat in the beginning of the game. And then it felt like conservative on the next three and out um, just bad things were happening. And it just was like a deja vu because every time he has those tip passes in an opening drive or, you know, against an AFC North opponent, just bad things happen and it just all falls apart and they just forget how to play. Uh, but obviously adjustments were had and the turnovers did help on defense in the second half. But overall, um, felt like it's good news. You get T Higgins back out there. You get Tyler Boyd back out there. We didn't know going into the week, they were questionable, limited at practice. They did go full on Friday. Um, but just good to have those three receivers right now. And, and, um, Mitchell Wilcox with, with the, the last touchdown of the game tied in number two right now. What did you think of Mitchell? Cause he did have a, a key catch, um, in the second half too. That play was cool. They, uh, you know, four minute drill, which means you're just trying to run that clock out, run, 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 keep everything in bounds, gain first downs. Then they fake a play. I think they fake counter and it looked like, you know, a guy pools, you know, it's a long developing fake handoff and then Burrow comes around and he's got the ball. And what's he doing? Mitchell Wilcox coming open for the touchdown. That was, that was a really cool design, really cool, not really cool, but really well-timed call as well because they were running the ball that entire drive and the Bucks were selling out to stop to stop it to give Brady another chance. And it was the dagger. It was uh, what put them out of reach. So I thought the play call was more cool than anything Wilcox really did on that play, although Wilcox, good job to catch it. And I think he ran fast and hard <laughs> to get into the end zone. But the play call was uh, the highlight for me. And uh, I thought Wilcox was fine. It's hard to say he's a tight end. So like a lot of his reps are things that, you know, you don't really notice when you're just hanging out watching the game. But uh, I thought he was fine. Like, I, I don't think he was bad. I think there was one moment in the first half, but everybody played pretty poorly in the first half. So I don't really care that much. But uh, overall, I thought he was fine. But you didn't miss too much in the tight end room. Hurst can give you a little bit more but Wilcox had one of his better games. Yeah, and that's something to keep an eye on, too, with Hayden Hurst. Um, I know he was out of his boot last week, so we'll see when he returns. It just feels like everything is circled for this Bills game. You can't overlook the Patriots. Um, it's tough Bill Belichick defense still, and you know anything is absolutely possible on a Saturday NFL game uh, during December, but hopefully they can keep the win streak alive. 
Did you see how the Patriots lost today? Yes, I saw how they <laughs> lost, which is absolutely insane. There were so many crazy endings. This I've week. never seen that in my life. The throw it back, and it almost looked like Jacoby Myers just threw it right to Chandler Jones. Like I don't even know who he's trying to throw it to. But Dude. if you're if you're trying to throw it that far behind the behind where you were, it's just like just go down. You're not scoring if you're losing that much ground. But oh my god! And then the quarter was it Mac Jones that got stiff armed? <laughs> The the yeah, wild card is absolutely Jones. wild right now when oh you think of God. the final spots. I've never seen a play like that. I just had to bring it up because I watched it before we came up here, and I was just like, "That has to." If I was a Patriots fan, I don't know what I'd do. Like, I would just stare blankly at the TV. I think for the next ten minutes, like, what just that, trying to process? I don't feel bad for Patriots fans. Oh, um, I don't either. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if this happened to the Bengals, what I would do. And we'd have an entire segment about yelling about that stupid play. You know what I might do after we get done doing this? I'll search Patriots uh, ending and see what, <laughs> see what the tweets are because those are always fun to watch. But let's talk about the playoff picture next on It's Always Game Day and Cincinnati.